My mother has a story that goes a little bit like this. That when she was growing up, we're really throwing it back tonight. When she was growing up, somebody laughed. When she was growing up, there was, my, my grandfather was a, a dairy farmer, a cow farmer. He had lots of, of different types of cows. And my mother and my aunt and uncle are here tonight. She, she attested to this before service, but there was one particular cow one time that, uh, I don't know if it looked different, maybe it was brown when all of the other ones were black and white, but she tells a story that they named the cow, and for the sake of the story, we're going to call it Bessie, but they named the cow. It was just a little bit different than all the other cows, and there was a, a bit of an attachment there. They, there. There was a little bit of a difference between that cow and all the other ones. And as she tells the story, there was one night that they were, that they were eating ar around the supper table. And my grandmother said, my, doesn't Bessie taste good? And as the story goes, all of the kids took their forks and put them down on the plate not to eat another bite. And my nana said, that's the last time. You're naming a cow. You see, it was just part of their nature in a farm. You know what's going to happen to the animals. So don't get too attached because you know where they're headed someday on the plate. I'd like to talk to you tonight on the subject, don't name the animals. We become attached to a lot of different things in life. We, we get so used to things being a certain way and, and going a certain way in our lives. And, and I'm somebody that doesn't really like for things to change. I don't know if I've told you this story or not. I, I, I don't believe so. I was told if I have, just tell it again. But when, when we were kids, my parents decided to paint our living room from white to brown. And I had this old Polaroid camera, and I didn't want the living room painted brown. I don't know why. I, I was just attached to the white. It was a nice, soft white, and it really brought out the, you know, the good tones and features in the room, I, whatever you want to call it. I liked the white wall as it was. I didn't want it to change. And so my parents said, we're painting it anyway. And I said, fine, but if we're painting it, I want to take everybody's picture up on the white wall so I can remember what it looks like. And so one by one, three other siblings lined up as I took a mugshot against the white wall as the brown paint was painted partway over the wall. They were on the white side, and finally I got my parents to, to stand up there. I've still got the pictures. I, I found them just about a couple years ago. We've still got them. I don't like change. It's not something that I enjoy. Anybody with me? Anybody at all? One time, my parents, we were changing mattresses. My brother was moving downstairs, and there was already a mattress down there, and 
We had bunk beds previously, and I was supposed to get his mattress, which was the newer of the two mattresses between mine and his. But I liked my old mattress. I liked that I could feel the springs coming up through it at night, and it would give me a nice back scratch. And I liked the squeaky noises it, it made when I got into bed. And it, it was just, I was used to it. I was used to the feel of it. I, I was used to everything about it. And they had the audacity to try and give me a mattress that was more comfortable than the one that I was using previously. And I remember arguing with my father about it. And he said, we are giving you the newer mattress. And so he took my old mattress on this large garbage day in Nackwick, and he took it and put it out by the road. Now, when we were growing up, we lived on a one-way street with a daycare at the top, and, and people would come down the street. We lived in a, in a place where you could look across from, from our house to the house next door, and you could tell what they were eating for supper. My mom was, was like a sportscaster when something was going on in the neighborhood. Come look, come look. You, you could see everything that was going on. And, and <laughs> being in such close proximity to everybody else, we didn't really want to make a scene, but I didn't care. I wanted my old mattress. And so I went out to the, to the side of the road, and I was determined, I'm getting my old mattress back. And so I grabbed onto it to try and pull it up into the house. And my father had come marching down to the end of our driveway behind me. And he grabbed onto the other side. And with cars flying by from the daycare, you see father and son in a mattress tug of war pulling from one side to the other. Just to add a little bit of drama to the story, this was just at the very beginning of winter and snowflakes were falling down. It was like poetry. After I had almost given my father a heart attack, I came inside and I cried myself to sleep, realizing I would have to use the newer mattress. <laughs> And the next morning I came out and I had seen that my old mattress was there inside and my softie of a father had gone out and gotten it and brought it back in. But by that time I had slept on the new one and said, oh, it's okay, I don't need it anymore. <laughs> I don't like change. I, I don't know about you, but, but there's something about it that makes me a little bit uneasy. This, this morning we talked about the call that God has for us to come back to him. But shortly after, he called out to Adam and Eve in the garden. And seeing that they were wearing aprons of fig leaves, he clothed them with coats made of the skins of, an, of animals. Because something needed to die in order for them to not have to. Something needed to die. And although sometimes we don't change, there are times when God requires it. Although we don't like when things are different than what we're used to, there are times when God calls us into a place that we're not used to. Although we don't really enjoy it and it's out of our comfort zone, there are times when God calls us and says, you might not like it, but there needs to be a change in your life.
There's a word, semicha, and it means leaning. And that word was used during a sacrifice throughout the Old Testament. That when God commanded Israel to, to sacrifice, the priest or the individual was to put their hand on the head of that sacrifice in order to symbolize the transmitting of sins onto the animal to identify with it as it took their place in death. A man would do this with a sacrifice like a young bull or a lamb. And the priest would do this on the day of atonement. And it was their way of saying, this represents me. This represents my sins. And as they would make that sacrifice in the Old Testament, they would do this. It was to say, this needs to die so that I don't have to. We read this morning in Romans that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. But Leviticus chapter 1 verse 3 to 5 says, If his offering be a burnt sacrifice of the herd, let him offer a male without blemish, and he shall offer it of his own voluntary will at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation before the Lord. And then it says, And he shall put his hand on the head of the burnt offering. And it shall be accepted for him to make atonement for him. You had to put your hand on the head of the animal that was giving its life for yours. Verse 5 says, And he shall kill the bullock before the Lord, and the priest Aaron's son shall bring the blood and sprinkle the blood round about the altar. That is by the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. There's a sacrifice that takes place. That you've got to identify and say, you're doing this so that I don't have to. But there had to be a death. Genesis chapter 22 verse 1 to, 1 to 2 is perhaps the ultimate sacrifice that we see in the Bible. It says, and it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham. And it said unto him, Abraham, and he said, behold, here I am. And he said, take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest. And get thee into the land of Moriah and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. God asks Abraham, offer him there, meaning Isaac. Abraham, I want you to take your only son. I want you to take him up the mountain, and I want you to offer him as a sacrifice to me. You know, we question God sometimes when, when we think we feel him. We, we, we question, God, is, is this... Is this just me or is this God? I'm sure there would have been some questions that Abraham had. Oh, that's just one of those crazy fleeting thoughts. Like, I don't know. It's not a big deal. But it was God. And he continues to speak. He continues to tell him what to do. The, the Abraham, I'm not kidding. This is what I'm telling you to do. Take your son up, and I want you to sacrifice him to me. This, this one, 
but it's the only one I got. Maybe like somebody else's son. Maybe like an animal like we typically do. Maybe something else. No, no, Abraham, your son. Offer him as a sacrifice. And so Abraham, perhaps one of the greatest sacrifices that we see in the Old Testament takes his son. And the Bible says in Genesis 22, verse 4 to 11, Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. You know, it's one thing if God asks you to sacrifice your son, but here we find Abraham with the servants and his son as he is heading up to go and actually do it. And probably there's this feeling in the pit of his stomach Something's, something's got to change. Something's going to happen. So, so, something has to take place. But, but I'm just doing what I felt God tell me to do. So he keeps heading up. He lifts up his eyes. says, oh, we're here already. He sees the place afar off. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again unto you. You guys, you stay here. Abraham, he takes the wood of the burnt offering and he takes it up. And he laid it upon Isaac, his son, and he took the fire in his hand and a knife. And both of them went up together. And Isaac looks at Abraham, his father, and he says, my father, and he says, here I am, my son. And he said, behold, we've got fire and wood. But where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham says, my son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. They continue up the mountain. They they both go together and they came to the place which God had told them of. And Abraham built an altar there. He takes and how I picture it is he's slowly getting the rocks, trying to delay what He knows he's got to do. Taking his time, well, I I think I left the knife over there. And, you know, well, we might need one more rock to make it, you know, high enough. And delaying what he knows is about to happen. The Bible says he took the knife to slay his son. And as soon as he takes the knife, the Bible says an angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven. And said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here am I. I can't imagine going through this. Many of you in here have kids. And I'm sure you can't even fathom taking your child up to a place. Abraham, what are you doing? Uh, nothing. <clears throat> Just Go about your own business. He can't even explain it to anybody. He can't even really talk to anybody about it. Just going to sacrifice my son. (sighs) This guy needs help. He can't really confide in anybody. He's just doing what he felt God tell him to do. And Abraham, he tells his servants, me and the lad are going up to worship When they reach the top, you'll notice that Isaac, he asks about the sacrifice because he knew 
and what worship entailed. If I can just take a second and just deviate a little bit, your children should know what worship is based off their previous experience with you. Isaac knew that worship requires sacrifice. Abraham said, we're going up to worship. And Isaac said, all right, where's the lamb? Because I know what it takes to worship. And we need to be the example to all the young people that we have, whether they're your children or just children or youth in our church, to say worship sometimes requires a little bit of sacrifice. Thank you for that one hand clap. Anybody else with me? We've been there before. We've been through it. Our elders know what it's like to sacrifice. You know what it's like to walk and to do things you don't necessarily want to do. But it shows everybody else this is what worship is. When I give up something I want to do, this is worship. When I go and I do something I don't necessarily feel like, that's worship. When you give up something you've always wanted, for the sake of the kingdom of God that is worship and you show everybody else around you so when they reach the top Isaac he, he asks the question you know what, what where's the where's the lamb and we talk a lot about faith in the church but this is true faith right now we can talk about faith, but faith without sacrifice is easy. True faith requires sacrifice. True faith requires sacrifice. We like to say that we're people of faith, but, but put us in the situation that Abraham was in. We'll, we'll see how much faith we've got. In Exodus chapter 12, verse 3 to 7, it says, Speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month they shall take to them every man a lamb according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for an house, and if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next unto his house take it according to the number of souls. Every man according to his eating shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish. Your sacrifice should be spotless. Your sacrifice should be something that you know there's nothing wrong with it. A male of the first year, you shall take it out from the sheep and from the goats, and you're going to keep it up until the 14th day of the month, and the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening, and they shall take the blood and strike it on the two sides of the post and on the upper doorposts of the houses wherein they shall eat it. You know, that's a little bit of faith. You know, I don't want 
want to be stuck in Egypt anymore. Well, if you don't want your child to die, you need to take this lamb out of the flock. And you need to watch over it. You need to take care of it. You need to search it over. You need to allow it to be part of your daily routine. And then it's going to die so that nobody in your house has to. That's faith. That's faith. You know, they're, they're looking for freedom, but they had to go through their tests first. They would bring a lamb away from the others, and they would care for it, and they would search it over. And it became part of their daily routine, part of their daily lifestyle. It became part of what they did day after day after day. Let, let's go out and search the lamb over again. Let, let, let's search over this part and make sure he's okay. Let's search over this part and make sure it's okay. What are we doing this for again? Oh, there's, there's supposed to be something coming through here that's, that's dangerous. So, so what are we going to do again? We're, we're going to have to kill this animal. And put its blood on the doorpost. You see what these two stories have in common uh, is that they require uh, a sacrifice. They require uh, that the individual has a little bit of faith. Uh, but he had to take something out and say, you know what? Uh, this isn't going to be easy. Uh, this isn't going to be something that I typically do. Uh, but I've got to do it uh, because I've got faith in God. I've got to do it. So he told them, take the lamb out of the herd. I want you to search it over. I want you to look through it. I want you to get to know it. I want it to be a part of your everyday routine. But don't get too attached. Because that animal outside your home is meant to die. Don't get too attached because that animal sitting right outside your door is destined for death. Don't name the animals. Don't get too attached to something that was never meant to live. Don't get too attached to something that was meant to be sacrificed. Don't get too attached to something that was meant to, to die. If this morning was about repenting uh, and coming back to the call of God, then tonight uh, is about leaving some things behind uh, that we aren't meant to take with us if we're going to walk with God. We get so attached to things sometimes, like naming the animals, and we don't want to let it go. We don't want to give it to God. We don't want to sacrifice it. But God is calling for it, saying it's got to die. There are some things that we allow in our lives that were never meant to walk with us in our walk with God. There are some things that we allow in our life that were never meant to live. There's some things we allow in our lives that are destined to die. If we're ever going to receive what God has for us and go to the places God wants us to go, it's going to mean that some things get left behind. 
It's going to mean that some things are going to be sacrificed when we don't want them to be sacrificed. There's sometimes when God is calling us to a deeper place. But to get to where God wants us to go is going to take sacrifice. Sacrifice of our time. Sacrifice of our money. Sacrifice in fasting. Sacrifice in prayer. Sacrifice in the things that we use on a daily basis like our technology and our phones uh, that we're so attached to. Sacrifice uh, of our own will and the things that we want to do. Uh, Sometimes we've just got to leave it behind because God is saying, uh, no, that is meant to die so that you can move forward. If we go back to the word samicha, it means leaning. And that word leaning was used when the priests would lay their hands on the sacrifice. And sometimes we do the same. And we hold on to sacrifices. And we lean on them. And we use them as a crutch. And we don't want to let them go. But it was never meant to be something you don't let go. It's something that was meant to be sacrificed on an altar I wonder if we could just lift our hands for a second come on church just for a few more moments could you just pray right now hallelujah oh we need you tonight Lord We need your direction, Lord Jesus. We need your touch in this room, oh God. Hallelujah, Jesus. I felt conflicted speaking this this message tonight, but it's something that I that I felt to say that we get so attached to things, and God is telling us. You've got to leave this behind if you're ever going to move forward. In order for the children of Israel to ever go to the promised land, there had to be a sacrifice made with the blood of the lamb over their doorposts. And that was the instance where they take it out of the herd. And it becomes part of their everyday routine. It's something that they did time and time again. Search over the animal. Let's do this. Let's look over and make sure there's nothing wrong with it. But don't get too attached to it because it was meant to die. We allow things in our lives time and time again that we go through in our day-to-day routine. We allow ourselves to become consumed with technology and social media. And it becomes part of our daily routine and part of what we turn to time and time again. And God is saying, there's some things you've got to sacrifice if you're ever going to move forward with me. There's some things that you've got to leave behind uh, if you're ever going to move forward with God. Uh, And if this morning was about repentance, uh, I'm telling you tonight uh, is about leaving some things behind uh, and putting some things to death uh, that were never meant to live uh, right outside your home. Uh, They're meant 
even though it might be part of your life right now it's meant to die so that you can move forward it might be something you're used to it might be something you become accustomed to but God is saying it's meant to die it's meant to be sacrificed If our music could come back tonight. In England, in the mid-1900s, people would have supply lines of gas that would run to their homes called town gas. And this is what they would use for cooking. But the gas itself, if left on and unused, was something that became deadly. And there were cases where if it was left on would cause severe harm or death to those in the home. Sadly, it was not long after this that people began to use the gas to take their own lives, leaving it on. In 1962, there were 5,588 suicides in England and Wales. And 44.2% of them were accomplished using toxic gas just in their homes. Some people believe that for the people that were going to take their lives using gas, they, they would have found some other method. And the gas lines, you know, if they wouldn't have been an option, they would have found another way. However, by the mid-1970s, all of the British gas kitchens were fueled by natural gas that was no longer poisonous. And the overall suicide rate dropped by almost half. There's some things in our lives that if we keep them there, will drag us down spiritually for the rest of our lives. For the majority of the people that lived in homes that were fed by the gas. It was not harmful. But there were some homes that it was used to cause harm and inflict pain. We can't look at other people's lives and say, well, they're doing this and they're doing that. So I must be okay. But we've got to let God speak to us and say, You've got something in your life you've got to give up and give to me. Because although it might not be harmful to them, it's harmful to you. There's some things that although we look at other people and we see they're on social media and they're doing this, it's inflicting pain on our lives. I see them doing this. I see them doing that. I, I see them wandering here and wandering there. But God is saying that's not what I ever intended for you. Sometimes the very thing that are meant to feed other people inflict harm on us. They're doing that, but God deals with us to say there's some things that you've got to give up in your life. There's some things that are doing you harm that you've got to get rid of. There's some things that may not look harmful, but they may need to be adjusted in your life.
They may not be intended to be harmful, but if you're not careful, there's some things that you allow in your life that can destroy your relationship with God. There's some things we get too attached to that were meant to die. In the Old Testament, they would bring that animal to their homes and they would search it over and it began a part of the day, their day. It was part of their daily routine, but it was always meant to die. Abraham was ready to sacrifice his only son, but there were times when God says to us, there's times when God says to us, it's time to give this up. It's time to give this to me. Over the last 18 months, we've been in the middle of a global pandemic with restrictions on us. And we're not allowed to be around other people. But the one place most people turn to is our phones and social media. During COVID-19, 57% of smartphone users have increased their screen time by at least an hour a day. Since 2020, there's been a 39% increase in the number of hours that people would spend on their smartphones. 66% or two-thirds of the current population are considered to be addicted to their smartphones. Screen time is the third most frequent source of conflict between parents and teens. Only third to chores and bedtime. While the sum... They may look at this and say it's not dangerous. But in a world today where it's far too easy to access explicit pictures, be involved in chat rooms, you should never be a part of watch and listen to things you know you shouldn't be. We need to recognize I've got to sacrifice some things. We've got to recognize there's some things I've got to put some boundaries on. I've gotten too attached to some things that were never meant to live in my life. I've allowed some things to live that were always meant to die on an altar. I've got to leave some things behind and get rid of some things so that I can't go back. We can't let ourselves get too attached to things that were meant to die on an altar. I wonder if we could stand tonight. If we're ever going to be what God has called us to be, there's some things that we've got to sacrifice to Him. It might be our phones, it might be our money, it might be our will. But there's some things in our lives that are part of our daily routine that are destined to die on an altar. There's some things that we allow to become part of our daily life that we can't become too attached to because they're meant to die on an altar. We become so attached to things like smartphones, 
social media. And it's like a door that opens and we go deeper and deeper and deeper. We allow it to draw us in and the algorithms and the way it's designed isn't meant so that you only spend a little bit of time on it a day. We get so attached to things that we're never meant to be part of our everyday life. But God is calling, saying that thing that you have in your life, it's meant to die on the altar, to be left behind so that you can never go back. I've brought you out of sin. I've already brought you through the plan of salvation. But when you made that sacrifice to me and when you gave yourself to me in repentance, it wasn't meant so that you could always just create another thing that sits outside your home that you go to time and time and time again. In the Old Testament, it was something uh, that they would do year after year, uh, that they would have to do it. Uh, they'd go out and they'd search it over, make sure it was perfect, uh, but it was intended to go to the altar to die. But you and I, through the life, uh, death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ, uh, we don't have to go through that anymore, uh, but we choose to. We choose to bring it in close to the home. And sometimes we'll put it on the altar when it seems okay to us and when it seems right to us. But God is saying, there's some things you were never meant to take with you on your walk with me. Don't name the animals, don't get too attached because it's meant to die on an altar. I wonder if every person in this room could lift up your hands. Just begin to pray right now, church. I wonder if you could just begin to talk to God. Oh, God. Search our lives, Lord Jesus. Search our hearts, oh, God. God, you know our hearts. You know our lives. You know what's inside. You know what we're dealing with and what we're going through. You know what we face on a daily basis. But God, don't let me get too attached to the things that were never intended to come on my walk with you. God, don't let me get too attached to the things that were meant for the altar. Don't let me get too attached, God, to the things that you've called me to sacrifice. Oh, come on, church. Just let something break in here right now. They're going to sing in just a few minutes, but I wonder if you could break through something right now. God, search my life. If there's anything that's meant for the altar, God, I pray that you'd reveal it to me. 
if there's anything that's meant to die or that's meant to be as a sacrifice, God, show me. I want to live a life of faith. I want to live a life of walking with you. I want to live a life of worship. But God, show me what I've got to give to you. I've become so wrapped up with the internet and social media and technology. But God, I've given it to you tonight. I'm drawing some boundaries in my life. I'm drawing a line in the sand that I refuse to cross. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Normally we'd open up this altar, but right now in your chairs, I wonder if you could make that your altar this evening. I wonder if you could just make that your place of consecration to God. I'm going to sacrifice some things to Him. I'm going to give some things up because I just want what God has for me. As a church, I'm just going to give some things up because I want to see revival in my family. I'm going to give some things up because I want to see revival in my city. Just let the Lord speak to you for a few moments tonight. He's calling you to put some things on an altar this evening. He's calling you to put some things on that altar tonight. Leave it behind. It was never meant to be something that you take with you. There's some things that we don't want to give up that God is calling for. But to do what God wants us to do, there's got to be a sacrifice made on the altar. When I was growing up, I had full intentions of going to university to become an engineer. I had received a a scholarship from the university, but I felt God impressed me to go to 
NCC and to go to Bible college. And I remember it's something that you wrestle with. Something that you go back and forth on. I remember sitting down in my father's office and asking him what I should do. And my father's not one to tell me exactly what to do. He'll present every scenario possible and just, I don't know, make me make the decision myself. He sat me down and said, Braden, it doesn't matter if you go to Bible college or if you go to university, but you've got to make up your mind that the, what you do, you serve God. It was at that moment that I felt God impressed me. I, I've just got to do what I feel to do and go to Bible college. I can tell you without a shadow of a, of a doubt that every step I've taken in my life, that I felt God direct me to give something up. He's been with me every step of the way. I remember coming out of community college after Bible college looking for a job and I, I remember having been offered a job at two different places and, and I felt impressed to just take the one near where I was. I felt, God, you know what you're doing? It was something that wasn't easy, I can tell you that. It was something that was difficult. It was a sacrifice. But looking back on it, I know God had a hand in it every step of the way. Because we can't hold on to things that are meant to, to be placed on an altar. There's some things in our lives that we've got to say, this is staying on the altar. I'm leaving this here. I, I'm not taking it with me. I, I'm not going to walk with this anymore. This thing that's been bringing me down, I'm just going to put it on the altar. And it's dying here. It's not coming with me anymore. I wonder if one more time, church, if we could just lift our hands. If you're around somebody that's in your bubble tonight, I wonder if you could put your hand on them. And just begin to pray, God, just walk with them right now. Give them direction tonight. Give them the boldness and the strength it takes to place something on an altar that's not meant to go with them. Yes. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.